0: Hey, it's Connie from Cribs and welcome to this week's podcast. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. And if you haven't already, don't forget
1: to subscribe to the channel. Now, let's get on to this week's episode.
0: Hey guys, Dominic Nesha here from Cribs and today we have the powerful Charles Estefan. Powerful, I like that. I'm s- stealing some stuff from Joe Rogan these days. <laughs> but, mate, thank you very much for coming in. You're all the way from Shavella. You're the state manager and looking after the shop over there and, and, and charged with its growth and, and managing a lot of their sites. And, mate, we had a very, very interesting conversation the other day and you're just a massive property enthusiast with yep. so much to share. Um, I wanted our audience to hear some of your insights. So yep. before we jump into that, can you just give a little bit of an introduction to yourself? Yep who you are,
1: all that kind cool. of fun stuff. Well, uh, so I'm at currently at uh, Scavello Construction as the project director. Yeah. Um, I have a background as an architect, uh, went over to the dark side of construction. Yeah. Got my builder's license uh, and, and been in construction ever since. So sort of been on both sides of the fence, the design and the construction side, and now heavily in the construction refurb fit out game with uh, Scavello Construction. Um, I guess I do have a passion for property and, uh, and, and, and also, uh, you know, enjoy learning about property and, 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 and ways that we can make the most of it, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, Yeah. Well, because it's interesting, you started off working at SJB many, many years ago, right? That's right, uh, SJB as uh, uh, an architect. Yeah.
0: yeah H- Adam Haddo, shout out if you're listening. <laughs> Ads, how you um, going, mate? And and <laughs> you've been and, and I find it really interesting that you started off in in um into you know basically design, yep. and then you moved into the construction, yep. and now you're sort of managing sites. And and what was captivating to me is, um, in the past twelve months, you went and bought a bunch of property.
1: Yeah, I've sort of gone on a bit of a, uh, or you know, I've, I've obviously been paying close attention to the market and um, I think if there's a, any other time to buy, now's the best time mm. um, just because of where things sit. I can't see anything going backwards from here. So I was like, you know, let's do it. Let's let's make it happen. Um, obviously, it's one thing to sit back and constantly be analysing and, and studying and, you know, doing all your homework. But I guess until you make that plunge and do it, um, you know, you got nothing, right? So I think it's the first step's the hardest. Um, so I guess to everybody out there who hasn't made that plunge, just do it, you know? I don't think there's a there's a right time, it's just now, now's well, the time. It's know? good that you said that because my first question was, is
0: now a good time to get into the market? <laughs> and, and, as, and you've obviously said yes, but um, let me add a caveat to that question and say, would you recommend purchases wait and save a bigger deposit and if that meant they had to wait two years or a year or would you say get in
1: sooner rather than later? Well, um, look, like I said, I think it's time to get in now. Uh, There's never a right time if Mm -hmm. people are waiting for the right time to have the right amount of money for their deposit. um, There's never a right time, I don't think. I think now is the time. Um, You know, uh, I, I, I like to quote my grandmother because she's a very wise lady and made some great investments in property. Um, and, and one of her great quotes is, God's not making any more land. So I guess uh, to, to sort of sum that up, just getting, getting a piece of land, you can't sort of go backwards from there. Okay. So um, in terms of a deposit, look, it's not about if you can or you can't, make it happen, find a way, you know, ask family, ask friends. Uh, there's always a way to sort of get that deposit. I think people make excuses by saying i can't but you know how can i or as I ask the question how can i rather than i can't you know
0: i like that so you're and, saying that the better way to think about doing it is just basically push harder and try and get into the
1: market yeah. as soon as you
0: can yeah. and why why urgency now why did you pull the trigger
1: now buy property and get in as soon as you could well i think that now is sort of a bit of a i guess we all we all sort of found that that this year was that everyone sort of said oh the market's got dropped now's a good time to buy and and whatnot from the highs we've had in the last couple of years previous but I think n- if anything now that's the lowest it's going to get that's my personal opinion um, I can't see it going any more backwards in, to be fair in terms of just Sydney property prices um, obviously all the new developments happening with the new airport um, you know the new infrastructure Sydney in itself it, it, it's sort of you you, you want to get in and the sooner the better
0: I agree. I absolutely agree. Because as you've just said, that there's so much infrastructure, the airport, the light rail, the metro, the second light rail, additional metro lines, um, schools, universities, roadworks, it's... It's nuts. And we're just talking about the Sydney market now. Mm. Um, I think that it's it's a really good time to get into the market. Obviously, people expect me to say that because I'm a property person, but it's good to hear someone else that, you know, you're in design and construction and commercial real estate yep. on another part of the property landscape, yep. but you are very much advocating but also purchasing yourself. Yep. Um, I, I, you told me a funny story about how you kind of, you, you bought recently... And you felt you paid a little bit over what the value of the property was, yeah. but you bought it anyway. Can you explain a little bit like that? Because it's almost
1: nonsensical to some yeah, person. Yeah. But to me, I was like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Well, look, at the end of the day, I think it's all, it's all obviously got to be calculated. But paying a little bit over now, I'm not, I'm not buying something to, to flip it in six months, right? It's something that perhaps I can add value to. So by adding value to the land, um, I'll get that 50 grand back. Um, and just in time with the capital growth, I'll get that money back. So I think it's more about looking at it big picture mm-hmm. rather than looking at it very sort of short sighted um, and just thinking about oh, but tomorrow it's not good. But it's not about tomorrow. It's about you know a year, two years. What value can I add to the property that's going to increase the value? I will always look at that. I guess that's probably where my uh, architectural background comes is being able to see something um, from the beginning and then being able to visualise it at the end. So I guess. I'm able to look at a property, for example, and rather than just see it as it is now, a blank canvas, I, I try to envisage it after I've, I've painted my work of art on it and mm-hmm. added that value to that canvas. And I think if you just I think people need to have more of that open sort of minded look and, and I think don't be so restrained by um, you know the closed mindedness of looking at real estate as something that's like, oh, you, know, I don't know if it's the right thing to do. Like obviously calculator risk is, is very important. Um, and we also discussed the personality types that goes along with taking risk, not taking risk. Um, but you just have to, I guess, it's like you just got to do it, you know. I agree because it's interesting. There's one area I remember a little while
0: back I was, I was doing, I thought there was an area that was going to grow in value. And it was a previously light industrial area that had been rezoned. A lot of it was becoming residential. And I was taking clients out there and I said, listen, there's going to be a big train line out here coming soon. There's going to be a whole bunch of shops, this, this, and that. And I was painting this forward picture about what it's going to be like in the next five or six years. And as I was going through this big spiel in front of a group of people, this rooster jumped out into the road and started walking and disrupting the group. And then there was some dogs and there was a broken down truck down the road. And people were kind of disheveled and and thrown off by how ugly and messy things were today. Um, Mm there were a few in that group that actually purchased mm. and they were very, very thankful and grateful that they did mm. because all the properties that they purchased ended up jumping 20 or 30% in yep. the next two, three years. Yep. But it's it's interesting that you say that when you are assessing property, it's not with today in mind, it's always with five, 10 years. What, what can you add value, but what value will be added as a consequence exactly. of what's happening around exactly, it? Exactly, yeah. Okay, let me ask you a a bit of a personal question, but your experience in this space, but I I cop it all the time. Um, I have clients coming in and saying, um, Dom, I've got a deposit. My sister has a deposit. I want to purchase with my sister. Should we buy together or should we buy separately? Um, I think that that's an open-ended question that you can answer. You could buy together, yes, or you should buy separately, yes, as well. Um, I know that you have experience in this. Mm. Can you talk a little bit about that and, and without without going too deep yeah. into that and, and, and you know, maybe annoying some of your family and friends, <laughs> but just, just, just for, from a, an objective point of view yeah. without offending anyone. You know? Well, look,
1: I think objectively you look at it like together, can we get ahead faster and quicker? Yes. Yes. So let's do it. Um, put your differences aside. Get the emotion out of it. Think about it from a logical sort of uh, investment perspective, okay, my brother and I don't see eye to eye on certain things, but together, are we going to be able to achieve more in a shorter period of time? And most of the time, the question is yes. Um, Obviously, taking out, you know, external uh, influences, like, you know, depending on where they're at in their life, for example, if they're having a family, they're having kids, they're getting married, whatnot, that's obviously going to affect them in terms of their investment strategy. But, as an overall looking at it, um, look, if it's going to help you get ahead quicker by being together, look, strength in numbers, right? Just like syndicates, you know, you, can, you could do a syndicate for a small investment, although syndicates in usually are on big investments. Why not do it for a small investment where everyone can put a little bit, a piece of the pie in and then get a piece of the bigger pie later on? Um, so I think there's pros and cons, but I, I would say why not? Just do it, you know. You've you you probably got more to lose by not doing it. Um, and uh, at the end of the day if it's going to help you get further quicker you know just go for it
0: okay so but let me then ask you another question what are some of the difficulties I, I think you alluded to mm. some there that when you are investing with family or friends one of the biggest things that you need to consider is we all have different exit strategies yeah or different things happen in your life where maybe you're having children or you're going to get married yep. or something's going to happen and someone in that partnership's going to say I want to get out
1: well i guess that's that's the point where you sort of say look i'll buy your share or get somebody else to buy their share but you never know right, right? so like with anything there's always going to be a risk associated but i guess does the opportunity outweigh the risk yep. that's what you've got to ask yourself ideally you try and do things on your own just because at least you're in control yep. you know you're not you're not having to worry about somebody else's um, uh, opinion or point of view or, obje- or scenario, environment changing. But like I said, if it's if something that you can help get ahead further and you put a good plan in place, there's pros and cons. Just okay. got to weigh it up. So to summarise what you just said, think about what the opportunity is. Yep. Have a plan. Yep.
0: Um, the risk assessment is consider do you, do you have the same goals, timeline, yep. aspirations yep. and then how do you sort of get around that? If someone does want to exit yep. or... Will has something will come up. Perfect. How do we mediate that risk? Perfect. Yeah. But largely, the strength in numbers. Go and purchase if you can do it together. Look, why not? You know, I like it. <laughs> I have got another question for you. Um, what areas do you think will see the best growth over the next ten years? Look,
1: I without giving to away it, uh, our, our little secrets. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I can't give away too much because then you know what's left for me. But yeah. um, I think at the end of the day, alluded to just um, I, I guess. I can't talk for the rest of Australia, but Sydney itself, obviously, there's a lot of infrastructure, a lot of stuff happening around the city, um, in the in the southwest, uh, in the western suburbs with the airport. I think you could almost draw a triangle between the three sort of, you know, you got you, you know you got your Parramatta, you got your Penrith, you got your Liverpool. If you were to draw a bit of a triangle there, I think anything within within that triangle, um, you can't go wrong in terms of purchasing as an investment. Um, obviously, with the future airport. Uh, things are just going to happen. It might not be tomorrow, but in terms of a long-term play, you can't go wrong in those areas. Uh, that would be my, my, well, that's my personal opinion. Well, your and, personal um, opinion you know, has a lot of weight and strength
0: because you've been in construction a long time. Yep. You're from the area, you've seen it change, yep. and you've, you've personally seen friends and family all do very yep. well from what has
1: already happened. Well, I grew up in the southwest, uh, a suburb called Bringelly. Uh, when my parents and my grandparents bought out there, everyone said, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. You're in the sticks. But now, you know, they're doing a major road upgrades. We've got four lanes. Um, you know, the infrastructure, the train line's gone out to Leppington now. So, so much has happened in, in to be fair, a short period of time. When you think about it, over the last five years, so much has happened. Um, and uh, I guess it's having that vision. I think at the end of the day, it comes down to vision. What is the next spot? Why is it the next spot? Try and put the pieces together. Obviously, there's always going to be risk associated, but it's about having the vision to look ahead. And I think my, my dad did that. My grandparents did that. They had the vision. They bought 25 years ago and, and people said, you're crazy. Why are you buying out there? Mm. Now they're like, oh, you're so lucky you have land there. Lucky. Lucky. But it wasn't luck. No. They had vision. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what it comes down to. It's, it's just looking, having, having an ability to see past the present and, and looking into the future. Mm. Um, and and, 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 and uh, having the ability to see what value is going to be added. Um, at the end of the day, mate, I learnt a lot from my family. My dad, my grandparents, my grandmother, especially, she's a very smart lady. You know, for her to come f- as a migrant to this country at, you know, 17, 18 years old with four kids, not being able to speak a word of English, working three, four jobs, um, and then making an investment like that, you know, it, it comes with comes with uh, having vision, mm. you know, um, and uh, I think I've learned a lot from them just because of the, the decisions they made, uh, and I hope to do that for my for me and my my future family uh, to come.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. It mm. absolutely makes a lot of sense. I mean, you're you're conscious of where the area is going, so you're saying that there's there's a lot of dramatic change to happen yeah. over the next ten years. And people's lives are going to get better. So, look, I I agree with you. That triangle is an especially good growth corridor. Um, It makes sense, particularly if you're going to be buying land. I do like apartments. I do like townhouses. But I do love land. Um, Now, let me ask you another question because I know that this is a space that you are familiar with. Tell me a little bit about your experiences or opinions around buying land and doing small developments. Um
1: well, Yeah. Well, again, it's it's the ability to, to to have some foresight. Um and obviously with a bit of homework and research and whatnot, but it's about the ability to see something and see how can I add value. By adding value by as a simple example, which, you know, is very common now in the Sydney Sydney suburbs, is a duplex site. Very common. Perhaps it's probably not as feasible as it was maybe ten years ago, because things sort of, the price of property has gone up and whatnot, but it's, um, it's the ability to look and see what value you can add. So I think things are pretty tight for like duplex sites, for example, now, especially in the, within the Sydney suburbs, the inner Sydney suburbs, because cost of construction, one, I think is uh, probably at its all-time high um, and that's probably because of a uh, you know, supply, supply-to-demand type thing. Uh, a lot of construction has been happening over the last five years. Um, getting contractors, getting trades, is getting harder um so you pay more for it therefore cost of construction goes up so it back to the question of being able to sort of do a small development i I, I 100% agree with it i think if you're able to add value Mm -hmm. um uh and, and add value to that piece of land by putting some sort of built form on it um why not
0: yeah you know Do you think that it's a risky strategy?
1: Is it for everybody? Is it something that you should do for your first investment? Look, I think there can be risk associated, especially if you're not from the construction sort of background. Not everyone's in construction. For me, I look at it, it's easy. I know how to build. I'll build it. I know it's going to cost me this much not going to cost me more than that because it just won't. I'll I'll make sure it doesn't. You can assess all the planning risks and it's all the paper that you have to do as well.
0: Exactly. So I think people – I speak to a lot of clients that are ambitious and they want to go and build Mm. these significant portfolios and they're in a big hurry. And I often say, listen, you need to slow down a little bit Mm. because if you take too big a first step, you can come – you can really hurt yourself. Yeah, I agree with that. If you're in a hurry and you go buy the wrong block and you do your feasibilities incorrectly or if you haven't got the right amount of time or cash that you can – put into a
1: site you'll go backwards and look saying that get speak to the experts go talk to the right people speak to a town planner speak to an architect speak to a builder get advice speak to you know an agent involved with real estate um get the advice get as much information as you can so you make informed decisions um like with anything there's going to be risk associated certainly that's why you're making money that's right so it's a matter of how calculated the risk is and how much education you have behind the decision. Okay, mate, that's
0: good prudent advice. So in summary, if you're going to go and do something like that, move off and do small-scale developments, duplexes, townhouses, it makes sense to go and consult um, all the advisors, your accountants, yep. town planners, architects, You know, buyers, agents. Yep. Go and use the resources around you and don't take that step until you've actually um, consulted all the right resources. 100%. Last question, because this is your your space, and I know that you work. In fact, um, shout out to the Commons where we are today. Yep. But your company actually did yep. the refurbishment in here, and I love it. Scavello Construction did. Yeah, yeah, you guys, you've done a fantastic job. Yeah, um, everything works. So that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> kudos to you. Everything's still in place, um, but. I want to talk a little bit about commercial property and income-producing property. So a lot of the stuff that we've spoken about is that obviously we're, we're, we're thinking about capital growth and yep. markets moving, but there's um, another asset of property where we're looking at commercial, industrial, um, where they're income-producing assets largely. And this your, your company is very familiar with this space. Because the commercial you work space? With, yeah. yeah, with businesses to yep. do refurbishments. Yep. And ultimately, with commercial property, um, it's the rent that determines the value of the property. Right. I mean, there's a lot of other things that come yeah. into it, but if you, the larger the rent is, then you buy a portion to the yield. That's, that's right. Can you so, comment a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so as an example right now, we're, we're doing a full refurbishment of a large hotel, right? Um, obviously, by doing that, there's a, there's a large outlay of equity or cash up front to do that refurbishment, but it's a long play. Um, it's a generating uh, income from that asset that's going to make it all worthwhile. Uh, obviously, commercial is less volatile than, say, a residential market. Uh, it's a better long-term play in terms of a, an asset that's going to generate an income. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if you're able to add a value in, in a smart way to increase that yield, like, it's, like you just mentioned, um, you're only going to be adding value to the property. Uh, so in terms of a long play, commercial obviously is a safe investment. Um, I guess if you can get in, get in. Get in when you can. Okay. So so another thing that, that you're really, uh, you've are really you
0: touched on there is with commercial, it's probably not your first investment either. No. even second. No, no. It's, it's something that's a bit more of an advanced that's right. play. It's something that requires a lot more cash than a traditional real estate investment. That's right. And the opportunity lies in, um, one, you need bigger deposits. It's harder to get that's the right. loans. That's right. And then you're also going to be willing to take some hits with commercial because if it's untenanted, which is likely... Um, the leases are longer, but yep. if a, te- a business goes bankrupt, that's right, you're in dramas. And again,
1: higher risk, higher reward. Um, and again, like you said, borrowing power. It's usually thirty percent deposit required for the most commercial property from a bank. So you obviously need to come up with that cash. But long run, it's a safe investment for your money. So I guess you've got to you've got to you know crawl before you walk, and then walk before you run type type uh, mentality. Mm-hmm. But going back to the original point of is it the right time? I think. It's always the right time, you know. Um, Just from stories I've heard from family and friends, like, oh, we should have, we could have, we would have. It's like, you should have, you know, there's no such thing. You just do it.
0: That pisses me off.
1: You know, Nike, just do it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just do it, you know what I mean? I think that that's the thing that I hate the most. I I, I remember as a kid sitting at a, you know, after dinner, playing cards, whatever, Mm. having a coffee and, and listening to my uncles and aunties and my dad and whatever say, Oh, do you remember when Five Doc was? Or yeah. do you remember yeah. when we could have bought or we should have bought? Yeah. And that's just put this fire in my belly now. When I sit across from clients, like, don't fucking wait. <laughs> just fucking do it. Just go and buy. Get involved into the market. It's time in the market, not timing the market. And. Again, if you do have to pay a little bit more for some for yeah. the right assets, yeah. it makes sense just to go and push a little harder. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you have to beg, borrow, steal, don't steal, but go and you know ask your family, friends to get in, do the things that
1: necessary. Um, it makes a lot of sense for you to go and do that because mm. I I hate that I should have. I think it's a mentality thing as well. It's you just got to switch it from saying I can't I can't do it to how can I do it because mm. at the end of the day, if you plant that seed. On how can I do it? You, you'll find a way. Mm. It's all like obviously we can get into a whole conversation about you know the, the, the power of the mind and, and what the mind can achieve. But if you set your mind to say I can or I will, it's a lot different to saying I can't. Absolutely, because it already puts up a barrier, and you'll always have that. But say how can I? I'll find a way. Well, you you read a lot of um you read a lot of books from what I understand, and
0: listen yeah. to podcasts and things, and what you're what you're saying there is really interesting because i heard Tony Robbins talk about it, where we've got that reticular activating system part of our brain and it's like a pattern recognition software. So as soon as you start saying, how can I, it opens up your brain to start looking for solutions. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like when one of your friends buys a new Audi, Mm -hmm. you start seeing Audis everywhere. It's like your brain's looking for what it's hearing about. So if you just shift it from that fixed mindset to a growth mindset, that's Carol DeWick. Thank you, Carol, for your book. It's excellent. Um, potential, opportunity start opening up. You start seeing ways to make it happen. Yep. You'll surprise yourself.
1: Well, I guess everyone, I don't know who hasn't, but Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yes. If anyone hasn't read that, please, you have to read it. It's Why do must. you like that book? Because it, it. although it gets into detail about investing in property and whatnot, but it's that fundamental thing of rather than having the attitude of I can't, find a way. How can I? Mm. Um that's the basis of it, you know? And I know it's easier said than done a lot of the times. People look and go, oh, you know, bloody hell. It's easy to say, you know, how can I do it? And whatever. And I've got this and I've got that. I've got, you know, I've got family. I've got partner. I've got this. I've got work. But I think people just have to have an open mind and, and be able to, again, visualize. I'm a big fan of meditation. Meditation helps me visualize what I want, both in personal, business, whatnot. It's ability to sort of have an open mind and don't close off any opportunity. Never say I can't because mm. once you said I can't, you, you will never will. No. You know, um, by saying I will or oh, how can I, like you said, the mind will find a way, you know.
0: Well, yeah. Uh, thanks for the meditation room in here as well. i <laughs> yeah. used it a few <laughs> times. Normally when I miss a deal or something or yeah. something's stressing me out um but but on that let, let's just one parting uh question for you are there any good books or podcasts or things that you've heard or listened to that our audience should listen to watch read and that we can pass on to them
1: yep so uh rich dad poor dad's a very good book um connie rich dad poor dad think and grow rich yeah that's a good one it's another good one uh uh there's a few. What about if I send them to you and you send them out to the I'll put them in the show notes. To the listeners. Yep, I'll, I'll give you a few good ones. Um, there's some spiritual ones there as well. Um, but look, I think knowledge is power. Um, and, and, and keeping it an, look, look, I grew up in a very traditional sort of Lebanese family, you know, very, I guess they've set in their ways to a certain degree, uh, my parents being that. Mm. And I think it's the ability to sort of take yourself away from that and um, look at things bigger picture holistically um and actually actually taking the time to to um to have that inner conversation with yourself because i think a lot of the times especially in today's society we're so distracted there's so many distractions Mm. when do you have the time just to sit and talk to yourself Mm. you know it's um i think that's very important and and that's that's aside from business and property and and whatnot but i think you've got to start with yourself and and build on that because at the end of the day you as a person uh your 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 uh ability is endless and i think we put too many restraints on ourselves these days Mm. um and uh constantly trying to challenge yourself um is something that i'm I'm very big on constantly looking for a challenge if i'm not challenged um I, i don't know what to do with myself you know. well, it was part of the reason why
0: we're here today right we <laughs> sat down had a coffee and you said never done a podcast yeah i said "Mate, let's jump on and without a second thought you said yeah, let's do it yeah why not so, yeah. charles thank you very much for your information today it's thanks, been excellent tom. i really appreciate it um i will get those show notes from you corny yep. will put them up yep. for all of you out there thank you and we'll catch you soon thanks tom catch you man thanks mate